Hi everyone, it's Debbie McGee, known as the lovely Debbie McGee. It's my brand new podcast, Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee, in which you will find out whether I'm really lovely or not, or whether it's just a myth. But I hope that you'll join me every week to hear different stories from my life. You know, what motivates me, what's happened to me, who I've met, and how I met my late husband, Paul Daniels. That's in Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Spill the Tea Podcast with Debbie McGee. Hello everyone and it's so nice to be back with you for Spill the Tea with Debbie McGee. Um, My guests this time have actually been through the Covid crisis. They both had Covid and so I'm delighted to be able to talk to Linda Lusardi and her lovely husband, Sam Kane, about their life in show business, how they met, and also a little bit about getting through coronavirus. So, so glad you're joining me. Here it is. Spill the tea. With Debbie McGee. You know you want to. Two people I just love so much and I've known them forever, which is Sam Kane and Linda Lusardi, or Linda Lusardi and Sam Kane, whichever way round we want to put well, it. I was born first. So All right, so we'll start. We'll start with you, Linda. Well, actually, Debbie, there needs to be quite a big pause after Linda because I was born quite some time. Ah, <laughs> but <laughs> Sam, my. My thing, if Paul um, ever mentioned an ex-girlfriend, because I was much younger than him, I used to say, yeah, yeah, I was still at school then. That was my way of getting him back. <laughs> I do the same thing. I, so, do, I usually I wasn't born then. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd say I got married to someone else first because I had to wait for him to grow up. Yeah, <laughs> but he hasn't yet, I bet. <laughs> Well, as you know, men never grow up, do they? Oh, no, not at all, which is a good thing, really. So, you know, um, let's start with Linda then. And, of course, both of you went through this horrendous time at the beginning of COVID. And, you know, I saw, well, I was crying my eyes out watching your interview on Good Morning Britain and various other things. Um, So I'm not going to dwell on that because you've come through it and we've seen what you've been through. And what was so lovely and positive about it was the love that came from both of you and you know which of course I know you so I know that how in love you are and you're still like you're on your honeymoon um you know so uh (laughs) I and my I suppose my one thing I'd say I want to cry talk it makes me so emotional but you know when I first heard about it and Sam you were doing tweets is when I first saw it and you know I I wanted to cry for you because I knew how you felt because when Paul was in hospital the one thing I wanted was to get him home again the fear of losing your partner that you love so much is horrendous but the fear of you won't see them again because they're in hospital and you're at home and they'll never come back into your home unless you've been through that. And I know, Linda, you've said it a few times, unless you've been through a situation like this, you could never understand. So I felt that I did understand 
you know, some of what you were going through and, you know, was as happy as everybody when um, Linda was released from hospital and then watching your progress. And as I said, I'm not going to dwell on it because here you both are and, you know, I can see you and you're both smiling, which is wonderful and look amazing as you both always do. So I want to sort of my spill the tea listeners. I want them to learn a bit about both of you and your background. So as Linda was born first, Sam, I'll start with Linda. And we know that you were, you know, born in Palmer's Green, grew up there, and, and you were spotted in a bus queue for your mod, start of your modelling career, weren't you, Linda? I was. When I left school, I went, um, well, I wasn't very academically clever. I was uh, worldly, put it that yeah. way. You had other assets, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I was very good at art and sport and things like that, but not academically very good. And plus, I got peritonitis during my exams, so I didn't take a lot of them. So I didn't get the qualifications, and it meant I'd need to stay on another year, and I didn't want to do that. So when I left school, I started working in the hairdressers on a Saturday, which I worked on a Saturday anyway. Um, and then my mum said, you know, my mum was a tax officer, and she said, well, the inland revenue paid quite well why don't you, um, you know, see if you get a, a job? Mm. So I went for this interview and um, got a, a job in personnel um, in Hoban. So I was working in the tax office in London and I was on my way home and I was at a bus stop and this car pulled up and a lady got out. If you think of it, it had been a man, I'd have said, you know, on your bike. And, and she said, <laughs> what model agency are you with? And uh, I said, me, a model? I'm not a model. And uh, it just transpired from there that I ended up getting pictures done, going to an agent and, and eventually left my tax office job. Wow. So, I mean, it really is one of those fairy tale showbiz stories, isn't it? And of course, you know, I can remember you um, in your modelling days. And was it, I, mean, I think there was a poll and you came out as the most popular page three girl of all time so um which i read i think it was in 2005 i don't know if you knew that yeah but... no, it, it was something like 10 years after i'd given up so it was yeah quite nice to win it i suppose if you can do anything in your life it's it's always nice to be voted the best yeah. At it. <laughs> yeah. now a few of you from that were sun models and all gorgeous all have managed to carve careers in show business and you know and the diverse things that you've done Linda and also coming out of it and going into acting how did you make that transition? Well I think it was Claire Shaw uh, the MP tried to ban Patri not long after I'd given up mm. and um, I think you know they, they needed a spokesperson and thought well Linda can actually string a sentence together let's put her I actually debated with Ken Livingston at Oxford <laughs> I, I did loads of chat shows about it mm. and you know I was just sort of basically saying it's up to the girls what they want to do and I do think things were different then mm. I mean I I gave up in well when I was like 29 I'm 63 coming up to no, 62, I'm 62. Oh, my God. Imagine Don't I'm be 63, because that means my birthday is a month after yours, and that will yeah, mean that exactly. I'm 63, and I thought I was only 62 this year. <laughs> so anyway, it was a half my life ago, so it seems like, a, you know, I'm talking mm. about something else, really. But it's from that, and then I think Canon and Ball invited me on a, a sketch for their Christmas show, and it just escalated and escalated. And then I was off to Pygmalion playing Eliza Doolittle. 
And I said to the producer, well, I don't know if I can do it. And he said, well, I think you've got something there. I think you can. I said, well, you've got more, you know, faith in me than I have in myself. And um, I loved it. Once I got on the stage and started acting, I absolutely loved it. And I used to sit in rehearsals and what, even when I wasn't needed and watched other people and soaked it all up and went off on tour, not being paid very much and not very high on the bill and just slowly worked my way up, really. The irony of that, Debbie, is that on the opening night, it was Philip Maddock who was playing um, Henry. Was it Henry? Henry Higgins. Henry Higgins in, in And he blacked, he completely froze. Oh, yeah, he had a... He had a completely yeah. frozen, and he, he'd gone. He didn't remember any of his lines. And Linda was the one who brought it all back. <laughs> you know, from being like a Shakespearean amazing television oh. movie. Yeah, well, he had, yeah. in his defense, he had just come from a Shakespeare uh, production, and he'd learned the whole of uh, Pygmalion during that time and first day of rehearsals I was going to the director I don't know it or you you told me not to learn it till I was in yeah. rehearsals but he knows it or he said he's all right he's seasoned he, he'll do what he wants with the part I want to you know mm. direct you um so on the opening night obviously I thought he was really secure but he Dry, his, no but his brain shut down he didn't even know what play he was in gosh oh he, how awful for him things and he said to me what, 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 what? And I said, do you want the script? And he said, yes. Yeah. So I ran back and got the script. <laughs> the audience are all like, oh, no, 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 like this now. <laughs> and um, then I ran back with the script and he went on, he went, I can't, my glasses, get my glasses. <laughs> glasses. And he was honestly reading it. And there was a bit where he had to come for my throat after, the, mm. you know, we'd been to the ball and everything. And he's like this. So Eliza, oh, where am I? Uh, Eliza, what? And, and it was like he'd never read it before in his life. And wow. it was so funny because every day, because we were touring, we'd go for coffee or something in the afternoon. And I was pep talking him through it. I said, You know, you know it. You know, you can do it. Every time we got to that point in the play, he'd like hiccup and he'd look at me and like, I'd say, You're all right, go on, go. And, and he'd get through it, get through it. And I thought, There's me. Yeah. Philip Maddock, who's that was in his sixties then, who's done Shakespearean God. Yeah. Major movies he's done and everything. I thought, yes, how ironic is this? Yeah, he's a very hello darling down there, isn't he? <laughs> absolutely gorgeous man. Yeah. To um Ruth, Ruth Maddock. Yes. Yeah. So let's pop over to Sam. And of course, because of all of what we've just heard about Linda, that's why you got into Emmerdale and had a lovely three year stint and have continued, which we'll talk more about. But Sam, you know, you, you were a, a lovely Liverpoolian lad. So did you see Linda in the paper, you know, when you were younger? Well, I... <laughs> Did I not ask that question? No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, of course I did. But I like, I suppose, a lot of other men who keep reminding me, you know, was madly in love with Linda. But mm. I did actually say to a friend of mine, I'm going to marry the woman of my dreams. I'm going to marry Linda Lusardi. And this was long before I'd ever met her. And then I met the same guy 20 years later. And the expletives he used, I'll keep out. But he called me a lucky so-and-so and said, you actually, you know, fulfilled your dream. I said, but to be fair, I probably fulfilled most men's dreams. <laughs> I was the guy that picked the lottery ticket. Oh. We just met in a pantomime and, you know, just became the best friends. So, I had a laugh, had a great time, and that was it. 
but going back to your career, which has been very extensive, and you know, I can remember you very clearly uh, playing Peter in Brookside of this young, handsome, very handsome lad. Um, so how did you get into acting? I've always wanted to be an actor, Debbie. As long as I can remember, I knew I was going to be in show business. My mum used to say my, one of my first words, apparently the first words I learned were the, all the lyrics to American Pie by Don McLean. Wow. And that's like one of the longest songs in history. And I knew that before I could speak. But your mum said, what do you want to be when you grow up? You said a group. I want to be a group. I wanted to be in a band. So I always wanted to be on stage or doing something. So I was born, you know, I think it was a predestined um, yeah. path for me. And it was something I always wanted to do. Picked it up when I was late in school because drama came into the curriculum. And um, that was it. I knew this was for me. Went straight into drama school for three years. And I was off and running then. First job was just out the West End in South Pacific, touring all over the world. And... Which, one job after the next and just it was a dream life you were I mean you were really really young getting into the business and I, I've also didn't you have a part in Emmerdale Linda came into Brookside to bring oh. me out of the storyline and I went into Emmerdale to take Linda out of the storyline <laughs> which just you know you couldn't you couldn't write it well they did yeah. write it but <laughs> yeah I was a fling from the past and yeah. you were a fling from the past in Emmerdale so we well, both uh, played each other's ex as well as Marilyn <laughs> which is really funny isn't it <laughs> and I'm going to ask you a really abstract uh question now because this is something I found on the internet that actually really made me laugh um was your mum Sam ever in Coronation Street around no. 1960 no, absolutely yeah. not. Where did you find that? Is that on the internet? No. What is on the, what is on the internet is that you were in Coronation Street in 1960, which was before you were born. Yeah, well, yeah I was good. That's how good an actor <laughs> I was, Debbie. That's how good. I mean, an amazing character. I hadn't even been thought of yet. Yeah, like, and I thought, you know, just, <laughs> the only you know, person I could be in it. I was in Coronation yeah. Street. It wasn't in 1960. It was about no. 19... What year would it have been? 1999, 2000, around yeah. then? I was, but this I, I was looking around, I found loads of little bits. I thought, I'll read them in case there's something different. And then I found, I thought, there's, that wasn't 1960. It's the internet, Debbie, there have been some really odd questions oh, I've had to answer. Yeah, I was on the ship one time and they did a Q&A with me. And the hmm. cruise director said to me, so how are you finding life on the ranch? And that was when the question stopped and I went, Life on the ranch. He said, yeah, you have a ranch. You keep goats. He's <laughs> <laughs> on Wikipedia, apparently. I said, no, I don't. Don't ever believe what you read on Wikipedia. Uh, you, you know, anybody can go on and change anything on Wikipedia. You know that. Oh, I know. that on uh, one point on Wikipedia, it said I'd had alopecia as a child. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> Where did they... Yeah. So just staying with you, Sam, because, you know, over the years, obviously, I've, you've been in so many tours of different musicals and hosting. Was it Strictly Ballroom you did? Or there was one? Of yeah, I was singing, dancing, hosting myself and uh, Sophie Lawrence were doing that show. And it was some amazing ballroom dances. In fact, that show came out before, you know, the show that you yeah. won. Strictly. So that was out. That was almost like the precursor to that. So and you went to America with it? Yeah, we worked with Debbie Reynolds, which was just a dream oh, come true. She was amazing. I met her too. She was incredible, wasn't she? I was named after her. But oh, you're what, really? Yeah. But oh, what, you don't, what you don't know is actually I was booked for that show before Sophie. 
But well, we could have worked together. Our paths keep colliding, Devon. It didn't happen because she was the girlfriend at the time of the producer yeah. and she wanted to do it. And so I actually, I hadn't signed the contract, but I'd known for about three months. I'd gone to see the previous tour of it and everything and then yeah and then it didn't happen because sophie oh. wanted to do it so they yeah we, our paths could have crossed then so both yeah, of you, you found that lift easier, I, I, I would have been part i was partly dancing with sophie for a lot of the time and um, how, how tall are you because you're diddy aren't you you're yeah tiny. i would have come up to your belly button probably oh, um, that would have look, look really odd as a partnership <laughs> we did dirty dancing at least the lift would have been easier <laughs> So with both of you, you know, and you met and formed this incredible um, friendship that, um, and now you still do quite a lot of pantos together and you direct them, Sam, don't you? Yeah. So Linda, has he had to direct you in panto? He tries. He tries. <laughs> tells me how I can direct her, which is the usual way. Yeah, yeah no, we're good together, aren't we? Yeah, we're amazing together. Yeah. yeah. And we've so, had some years apart, but we did... I think a run of about 10 years yeah. mm. um, together with Sam directing the show and me being Wicked Queen or Maleficent or you name it, all the women's parts. Um, and then now he does the women's parts as well. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly sister for two years. I was it? explaining this to somebody forever and ever. I was the handsome prince. And then the year after I went into the ugly sister, it was like, <laughs> my God. That's <laughs> Talk about getting knocked out of the order. Oh, so did Linda give you some tips on how to do your makeup? Oh, absolutely. I was terrible at it. Even still, to this day, every time we do panto, when I'm have to do his lashes. she does my lashes. I still can't do them. And it was so funny because uh, when I'm around the shops and things um, at Christmas, I look for sales and things, and he uh, saw this lovely necklace and oh. rings and things. And I, but, um, you know, so that's from my husband. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I get him in the show and go, oh, darling, that's Oh, I do. I channel in a female. He comes. She comes out. I know. Quite a few years ago, you you both did a few pantos with Lionel Blair, so I'm sure you would have picked up a few sort of uh, feminine hints from him. Campisms. Camp <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of it, actually. Most of it. Because I know he adored you both. I, could, I remember I was working with him. He just finished a panto with you. And he said lovely, lovely things about you. So you get married. You have two wonderful children, Jack and Lucy. And um, the things that you've gone on to do, you know, and I think it's really incredible for both of you because you're always thinking of things and going in different directions. And Sam, you know, you have this wonderful act on the cruise ships and sing lots of Sinatra stuff and all the music we love. Yeah. And um, Linda, you know, winning Come Dine With Me and getting through to the finals of MasterChef, you know, well done. I think Master, <laughs> MasterChef was the hardest thing I've ever done. And oh, me too. I can remember ringing you and saying, oh, I've been offered MasterChef. And you said, oh, Debbie, they're really serious till after the quarterfinals. Well, I never got any further than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I never found out. <laughs> um, oh, no, it was more stressful than Dancing on Ice. Yeah, and me. Yeah. Well, I don't know, in kitchen, yeah. But Sam, so is there a favourite dish of Linda's, you know, that you'd have as your last meal or if, you know, mm. you want 
had spoil you. There's a couple actually. There's a couple. Did I think she. Oh yeah, there's three. There's three. The Sunday dinner roast. I mean, we just had a new kitchen fitted, so these ovens are incredible. They just get no credit at all. <laughs> the dinners are fantastic, but she does this amazing. It's like a chili shrimp uh, pasta dish, like a creamy chili. Oh, yeah. thinking about it, my mouth's watering. And also, she does an incredible Thai green curry. There we go. Yeah. So next time you come over to. Next time you come over to me, I will avoid either of those dishes. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard Debbie. She she would make an oven chip taste good. She's incredible. Oh, now I have got these these new ovens. They're nothing, you know. I just didn't realise how rubbish my old one was. You know, mm. I didn't realise that I was just having to to fiddle it with it to get it to to do what I wanted it to do. These are just like you know, turn it yeah. down, it's down. You know, brilliant. Oh, I know, it's so lovely. I've just got a new washing machine and tumble dry. I'm feeling the same. <laughs> so it's not... that odd in those, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's good for an eating mess. Yeah, exactly. I can or tell you food. don't cook. <laughs> and another thing I, I found out about you was a word that I think you created, Sam because I've never heard it before, but I'm going to use it. And it was years ago, you did an interview and they were um, asking you about coping with a wife that everybody looks at and that, you know, you obviously have said often how much you love looking at Linda. And you said, you call it ogalism. Did I? Oh God, yeah. maybe I did. Maybe I did. You don't I'm remember, not... but that's a good word. Bring it back. It is My a good own. word, isn't it? You Ogre. do make up a lot of words, though, don't yeah. you? So I'm going to steal it. I will, <laughs> give, I will give you credit. <laughs> Welcome I'm... to it. To be fair, though, we've forgotten a lot since coronavirus, yeah, haven't we? we? Yeah. Lot, yeah. Lot, so and how, how are you coping with the, you know, everyone says afterwards they're left so exhausted. Um, are you still both feeling we have got every week? Yeah. But it's really odd things, and we know quite a few people that had it quite badly, and there's... A tingling in your hands in the mornings there's nerve mm. damage i think yeah. and um memory loss a little bit of memory yeah. loss constant yeah. exhaustion and we've just turned the corner haven't we yeah, in the I've last just... two weeks or so we feel like we're starting to feel like ourselves again because before mm. it was literally like walking through quicksand every day but mm. only recently we started to feel the inclination to want to exercise and move and you know yeah. lifting things up isn't as hard as it was three weeks ago it's oh. yeah it feels like we're getting better now yeah, so it's sort of baby steps and improving. And um, another thing I wanted to ask you is, I know that when Paul's alive and the four of us first all got together, the thing that we talked about is that, yes, we're in this amazing world of show business, but that, you know, how down to earth you both are, still got your feet on the ground. Do child, your children have to? Well, I can't call them children now, but, you know, Jack and Lucy are the same. So uh, what I wanted to ask you is, is there anybody that you've met who's famous in your lives that you were expecting not to be down to earth that were? Oh, God, there's got to be a few, hasn't there? And, the per yeah, and, and, and I suppose the opposite as well. Well, there's lots that disappoint. I wouldn't name them, but there are, aren't they? Yeah. You meet people and you think, oh dear, I thought he was going to be lovely and he's really yeah. himself or whatever, you know. I tell you who was really lovely, Beverly Knight, one of the most unassuming, mm -hmm. yeah. unaffected, humble human beings you'll ever meet. Yeah. Gorgeous lady. And what an incredible talent as well. I'll be honest with you, Debbie Reynolds was exactly what you just described. A the last of the Hollywood starlets. And yeah. she couldn't have been any more down to earth. To the point where she was talking to me like I was her pal. 
And we stayed yeah. in contact for quite some time. Did you? Because she came up the same direction. Obviously, I didn't make the, the Hollywood movies, but she was so down to earth. And some of the other singers that were in there that were slightly above their station, she would, oh, the, some of the words that she would use in the wings. <laughs> You've got a wonderful picture with her and... Uh, and uh, Jane, Russell. Jane Russell. So Jane Russell came in to see the show. You wow. know, and she said, Sam, I've got to come, come with me. Bring your camera. So I brought my camera and I walked in. And I mean, she must have been like 157 at this point. <laughs> with absolutely no recognition. She of died her. about a few months after. Yeah, she, she did, yeah. Oh, that, you've already been gone. <laughs> so for, <laughs> those, for those listening, because of course I know, tell everybody what show it was. It was um, Simply Ballroom, it was called. Yes. And it was literally, it was an amazing group of young dancers, amateur dancers who'd only just turned professional. Now, you see the guys on Strictly, you know, those guys were amateurs. And that's where the real world is, isn't it, Debbie? In the yeah. amateur world. That's where the people who are winning the medals. As soon as you turn professional, start making a living, you're almost scorned upon in the ballroom dancing oh, world. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, remember, I remember being in rehearsals one time and the dancers were doing this huge routine where they were doing a circle around the stage mm. and they were all trying to knock each other off the stage like they were still in competition with each other yeah. you know and you know they having to learn that it was different in the pr professional world well, you know, amazing show to be part of talking to the strictly pros that they're, they're coming up as you're saying through the competitions what they had to go through and how competitive people are and what they do to you know put glass in your shoes um to say that you didn't win and they did and all, all sorts of things, which I think in our side of the business, we haven't had to cope with that. And we haven't, we are in competition with other performers, but it's not like competing in a way, is it? You know, well, no, I've come across it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Both of things where they try to steal the scene or, yeah. or get oh, the yeah. last shot or put you off on your close up when you've done a really good performance for their close up and then they, they're like, like putting faces or being silly on your close-up and yeah, you just think you know you have to pull them up on it don't you well, I, I did it i won't say who it was but i did it on coronation street it was on a single camera so we'd shot his close-up and i gave him the respect as you do as an actor he turned the camera around over his shoulder shot me and he's pulling faces yeah and this is like a well-established actor and you know there were, there were three incredible actors that two of them are still in it and um he started putting faces and i just pretended i got something in my throat and i'd literally just come from brookside Mm. And um, so I, the camera stopped and I said to the guy, what are you doing? And he said, well, no, we're just having some fun. I went, well, I don't, don't have fun on my, on, my, <laughs> on my watch. You know, I'll give you the respect. Reciprocate. Yeah. And apparently nobody had ever pulled him up before. And he did this all the time. So I was the new hero. Yeah, because some people are just doing it to be fun, but have to respect that, you know, it's a, a job. And you've been paid for it. Sometimes it's to ruin your performance. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Linda, I agree. Um, so another question for you, but for both of you. Um, is there somebody that you were a big fan of when you were young or younger and not so well known that, that you met, um, you know, that maybe you had... Yeah, Sam is pointing at Linda. So yours was so when you, the very first meeting oh, with I know, I know who it was for me. Um, I was a, a real Dynasty and Dallas uh, fan, you know, in the eighties, mm. all the shoulder pads and everything. And um, I got involved in a charity that Joan Collins was the head of. So mm. I got to meet her a few times, and um, it was funny actually. Biggins, who's a friend of yours yeah. as well, I know. We were at this uh, auction. Uh, this charity event and they, they did the auction and um, 
she was wearing this black sparkly, it's actually on my Instagram, black sparkly dress. And uh, Biggin said, um, well, she's going to auction her outfit tonight. She wore it in the last episode of Dynasty she was in. And I went, oh my goodness. And then she said, well, he said, we'll start the bidding at 5,000. Yeah, Linda's a big fan. We'll start with you at 5,000, right? <laughs> I hadn't put my hand up or anything. And I will say that I was with my ex-husband then, who wasn't very generous. And um, his face, and then no one else bid. I had to buy oh, yeah. it. <laughs> no. No. I still have it. <laughs> I mean, goodness me, I did wear it quite a lot. I and literally you know, wear it a lot. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of come back in fashion again. I've had taken the pads out the shoulders because it was yeah. like enormous. But it's sort of like netting with black sequins on. So it, it, it's timeless, really. Yeah. But I didn't really want to spend that on it. <laughs> and you're still talking to Biggins. That's amazing. Yeah, I, know. I don't actually know if he remembers. I'll have to, I'll have to remind yeah. him. But that's, that was a big thrill for me to meet her. And she was lovely. And I also um, know a good friend of hers, Kent Gavin, who was a photographer. And the stories I hear about her, she couldn't get more down to earth. Mm. Apparently she swears like a trooper. Yeah. And she's uh, one of the lads. So yes, I've heard that too. Yeah. So Sam, yes, your, your person was Linda. So tell me how you felt at that very first meeting. Well, I I was engaged at the time to another girl who ended up, we don't mention that. Who, who ended yeah. up being one of the dancers in the show that we met. So there was holes in the politics oh. that. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. That was the time you wish you had Paul and Debbie McGee so we could saw her in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were only friends. But it was, um, I remember chatting to her dad and he said, so where are you working this Christmas? I said, I'm actually doing pantomime with Linda Lusardi. And he was, he was more excited than me. You know, and this really put her nose out of joints. Yeah. She had an interview from the word go. But I remember Linda walking in the room. We were already in the rehearsal room and Linda walked in. And it was like the, all of those years of just, my God, mm. ogilization or what was the ogilization, ogilism? And there she came and that was like, oh my God. And she was just, I mean, look, she's 61 years of age, for Christ's sake. She's breathtaking, Debbie. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. There's no downtime. There's no... Beauty is beautiful with and without makeup. You know, you know, because you're beautiful. Oh, Linda's she's stunning. No, and also, Linda, it's all, it's the whole package with you. The, the personality is from oh. within. The beauty is from within. But I mean, I was the same when yeah. I, I saw him and he was sat down and, I, and John Conway, actually, the producer took me around and said, oh, this is so-and-so playing the Queen. This is so-and-so. And this mm. is Sam Kane. He's playing your prince. And he stood up. And, and kept he just standing kept up. <laughs> I think I'm still standing up somewhere in history. Oh, well, listen, it's great that you're both still smiling and so happy together. So is any is there anything sort of I know that you have a talent agency and Linda, you you know, do photography as well as all the other stuff you do. So um, you know, most of us are diaries off everything's gone um but is there anything that that's showing a light at the end of the tunnel for you two um well they cancelled the panto this year as mm. you but they've kind of booked me for next year so i know i've got that at the end of next year i'm doing bits and bobs really um radio shows and i just yeah. say the photography i'm still doing that i don't know we seem to be really busy we haven't st we've been busier since lockdown than we were i suppose before yeah it's just you know what it's done it's made us all stop 
and think of how we can diversify and what else we can do. So as we're not on the treadmill, our creative brains, which is, I suppose, why we do what we do, have come back into fruition. You know, we've managed to trim the rosebush, so to speak, and get some new shoots on it. And it's been incredible. Hasn't yeah, it? I mean, you've got so many projects you're working yeah. on at the moment. It's some big, exciting stuff yeah. You yeah. Know, on the creative side, because I've kind of taken a step back now. I don't want to be in the forefront anymore. Don't deal with the whole fame thing very well. It was a great job and I loved it. And, you know, mm. It's the people you meet in the job, isn't it, Debbie? Yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. was looking to, to do a wide span from variety through to film and you know all kinds of different things. So it was, it was amazing for me. But um, yeah, it's nice being on the other side and standing back and watching your creations you know, take fruit. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful business to be in. Yeah, and you, you've got a TV channel, haven't you? Things you're doing with that. Yeah, with the, with the company I work for, Tad, they've just... Uh, in, invested in an OTT final, uh, channel, which is a video on demand channel. So there's a lot of entertainment can be bought on it. We're building it now. It's, it's all yeah. about creating content. I could talk to you two all day long and all week long. And I can't tell you how lovely it is for me to just see you both there. I, I wish, you. I I wish that we were there in person. I could give you the biggest hugs. Um, but, you know, stay well. And as soon as this is madness is all over, let's get together. Absolutely. Spill the Tea Podcast with Debbie McGee. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Linda Lusardi and Sam Kane. Um, I'm sure it came across what warm and really lovely people they are because they truly, truly are. And uh, of course, it's such a relief that they've both come through the COVID virus. Um, my next uh, Spill the Tea will be coming up in about another week or something, um, which will be some more stories from me and uh, different things to do with my life. So I hope you'll join me then. But until then, keep safe. Spill the tea. You know you want to.